Have you seen the 2021 My OT Journey Planner? This is Dr. Robin Axelrod. This planner is a must for OT students and practitioners. Check it out at myotjourney.com. Welcome to Students in Charge. The students of Corbin Health and Rehab Group, or Charge Therapy, are here to bring you the latest research in the field of occupational therapy. Combining evidence-based practice with a fresh student perspective, they aim to promote best practice and competency within the field. Hope you're fully charged because it's time for the students in charge. Hey guys, and welcome back to Students in Charge. As you may know, Charge Therapy is a telehealth occupational therapy company that specializes in hand, upper extremity, ergonomics, and home modifications. So in this podcast, we aim to bring you insights into the very field of occupational therapy. Now, for those of you who don't know, April is actually Occupational Therapy Month. So for OT Month, we're going to discuss the foundation of charge, how to create your own OT business, and the challenges that OTs face today. So we have a really cool guest speaker for you guys. It's Shanna Corbin, who is a certified hand therapist and also the founder of Charge Therapy. My name's Jamie, and joining me today are Nick and Amber. Happy OT Month, guys. Thanks, Jamie. Happy OT month. Hi, everyone. Happy OT month. So let's start off with a little OT history for our listeners. Right. So OT as a profession began back in 1917 when William Dunton decided to create PT. So his younger brother, William Dunton Jr. said, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to make OT. And so began an ever-ending conflict with PT for therapy domination. Speech therapy also showed up, but OT and PT didn't really care that much. It was kind of like the younger, younger brother. But anyway... William Dunton Jr. and Eleanor Clark Slagle, along with four other men and women, actually met in 1917 to found the profession we now know as occupational therapy. Uh, this was born out of the moral treatment movement that began in the 1900s, and this movement emphasized treating people with care and respect. This brings me way back to my first semester in our Foundations in Occupational Therapy course, when we learned about the history of OT for the first time. The first time I heard of OT, though, and really considered it as a profession that I was interested in going into was when I had to do one of those, you know, which career fits your personality tests in high school. Occupational therapy showed up as one of my choices, so I decided to write my paper on that. Years later, while completing my undergrad, this small idea materialized into a very real dream. I was working at a childcare facility, and an occupational therapist who has since become a dear friend and a mentor to me worked with one of my students. So I became intrigued and I really wanted to work in early intervention. Since then, my interests have expanded a lot and I'm actually now more interested in hand therapy and home health. That's really cool, Amber, especially since you knew at such a young age when you were in high school and that personality test really helped out. Yeah, I'm actually glad that they gave us that assignment in high school. Um, So when did you guys first discover occupational therapy? So OT came later in my life. Um, I actually already graduated and started working a full-time marketing job. I loved my marketing job, but for this nonprofit that I used to work for, but I want to get more involved with people with disabilities. So I started my research and I came across OT. Um, I read about the history about it, what OT meant, and what they do for their patients and thought, wow, this is it. If I only knew going into college, then I could have already been out there practicing, but I didn't. And the night that I took a leap of faith, I started a very, very long four years of completing my prerequisites, finding shadowing hours in different settings, and then changing my career from a marketer to a job coach to a rehab therapy aid in a traumatic brain injury unit, just to 
get a spot in OT school. And now look at me. I'm a second year OT student at Dallas University about to graduate this May. It's wild how my life has changed in just only a few years. That's a crazy interesting journey there, Jamie. I, that really was a, a leap of faith you took. It for sure was, and it definitely was scary at first, but I'm really happy I did it. Nick, how did you hear about occupational therapy? Yeah, I was, I was kind of like the complete opposite. Uh, OT came at a very young age for me. Um, when I was just seven years old, in fact, I had some coordination problems and actually received OT services for about five years. Uh, I remember as a kid, I would think, you know, man, you get to play with toys all day for a job. That's awesome. But, um, you know, my older brother actually is an OT. He's a practicing OT in a, in a school. And so when he chose OT as a career, I decided it might be for me too. I still wasn't sure if I wanted to be an OT until I got put on a waiting list for the program at uh, University of Scranton. And once I realized it may no longer be an option, I realized just how much I wanted to do it. Uh, luckily, with the help of my brother and the program head, I got selected off the waiting list. And six years later, I haven't looked back, and I'm gearing up to take my boards as me. That's awesome, guys. Um, it's really interesting the different ways people find this profession. So now let's hear from an accomplished occupational therapist who has over 10 years experience. Welcome, Shanna. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you decided that you wanted to be an OT? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Uh, so for me, um, OT was never really on my radar when I went to college. Uh, in fact, I, I never even knew about, about it at the time. Uh, I liked science, specifically biology, so I majored in biology and wanted to become a marine biologist, actually. Uh, I ended up doing research with one of my professors who was an ichthyologist, so that is someone who studies fish. But after several lonely days in the lab, I remember one day turning on the radio to the local public radio station just to hear a human voice. At that point, I remember thinking, I think I'm more of a people person than this. And so I looked into fields other than marine biology after that point. However, I remained undecided about what, how I wanted to use my bi biology degree and decided to join the Peace Corps after I graduated. Um, so as a Peace Corps volunteer, I was placed in Guyana, South America and was utilized as a health volunteer. And that was due to my biology background. Uh, the one day that struck me though was, was when I went along with a nurse to visit a sick patient in his home. He was unable to walk and unable to get around in his home. He also had a lot of trouble with other ADLs. I didn't know what they were called ADLs at the time, but <laughs> he definitely had trouble with them. Um, and it was affecting him psychologically. I remember thinking that there has to be some kind of job or role to help a person like him actually function at home. Nurses just simply you know, took care of the medical aspects and then left them. Uh, but I was more interested in helping him help himself. Uh, so when I got home from the Peace Corps, I did some research on graduate prog programs and came across OT, which seemed to encompass everything I wanted. So to me, OT represents the bridge between the stiff medical environment and the real world. So as an OT, you get to work directly with people and help them function in the real world. And uh, shortly after, I applied to some schools, decided to go to Jefferson, and here I am. It's actually been about 11 years since I've graduated already. It's crazy. Wow, that is quite a journey from marine biologist to occupational therapist. Um, so now you have charge therapy under your wings. So can you tell us, like, how did you come up with that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question, too. Um, so since I was really interested in the aspect of helping people function, I uh, naturally became interested in ergonomics throughout my career, which 
Simply put, involves modifying the environment, a person factor such as a behavior or an object to help someone complete a particular task more efficiently. And years ago, I actually wrote down an idea I had for performing ergonomic assessments online through video, which at the time hadn't been done, but I thought it might be a, a way to make ergonomic assessments cheaper and more accessible. Uh, when the pandemic hit last March and, and rendered me laid off for several weeks, I thought, you know what? This is my opportunity. Why the heck not? Um, I decided that I could utilize the new focus on telehealth at the time. That was like the new buzzword. Uh, I wanted to use that as, you know, to serve as a platform to launch my idea. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, but I decided that three minds are better than one. So I reached out to a former student whose fieldwork rotation with me was canceled. And I offered her and a fellow student an alternative fieldwork placement in emerging practice development. I wrote up a description and to my surprise, it passed as an acceptable fieldwork placement. <laughs> so the students and I, we then jumped in and started right away with creating the LLC. Um, one of our many tasks was deciding on a name, which at the time I remember saying to my students, I don't really want my name to be used in the business name since I, I thought it might sound corny and egotistical. But, but after each of us came up with several potential names, the students actually convinced me that Corbin Health and Rehab sounded like a strong name while describing a focus on not only rehab, but overall health. It was specific enough yet general enough to encompass many different specialties or projects as the company grows and changes. So we had to double check that that name wasn't taken. Thankfully it wasn't. And so here we are. And then from there, we had to make many other tough decisions to help really define what and who we wanted to focus on. It was a laborious yet exhilarating experience. And to this day, we're still kind of developing charge as a startup company, but it feels great to have it get started. That's amazing. Um, how you're like incorporating, kind of like your Peace Corps background a little bit with your OT background to try and help uh, with more like affordable type of healthcare. Right, um, thank you. So obviously you've probably faced a lot of challenges in your life with the many facets that it's undergone, but what are some of the biggest challenges you've had in starting your own business? Yeah, that's that's a really important question too. Uh, so, you know, it, when you've thought of a business idea and you're ready to start a business, the actual legalities can be really overwhelming. I learned quickly that there are a lot of laws and forms to be figured out and completed before I could actually establish my business. And you can either sort through the laws and go through the grueling process yourself by applying for a business or an LLC license through your state website, which it takes a lot of time. Or alternatively, you can utilize one of the many available business formation services, such as Inc. Files and Business or LegalZoom. There's several out there on the market. But all of them are aimed to help you by taking care of the logistics for you in a fraction of the time, however, for a premium price. So <laughs> thus, right off the bat, you have many challenging decisions to make, such as should I complete the process myself for no cost with the potential risk that I might miss something? Or should I choose to work with a business formation service, which is used to doing this sort of thing, but it's costly? And if so, which one? Several you know, decisions to be made. So sorting through these types of potential barriers are some of the first challenges of starting a business. For, for me, I did not have the time to, you know, to take to start an LLC through my state website. Plus, when I looked at the state website, the information to help me establish the LLC was unorganized and confusing. I was fortunate enough to have some family members help me with the startup cost so that I could get established with an LLC formation service. So I definitely suggest one of those if, if you're able to. But 
once you surpass those initial, you know, challenges, then comes the greatest challenge of all. That's, you know, that's really building your clientele or your customer base. You work through, you know, so many details to get established and that leaves you with a sense of accomplishment. And then quickly you get deflated when you realize that customers are not knocking down your doors, figuratively, of course, with a virtual business such as my own. But I've read in business blogs that many businesses fail simply because of owners giving up rather than persevering and getting creative. So that's, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges. So it sounds like, uh, you know, LLC formation or service that can help you with that might be one of the, um, if you can afford it, that might be a good tip for uh, people or students who are thinking about starting their own business. Do you have any other kind of tips and tricks for building your own company? Yeah. Um, you know, there's so many I've probably learned, but some the foundation, what I've really learned through this is that I would say one of the most important tips is to find a way to help yourself stay motivated and persevere as corny as that sounds. Uh, when I started all of this, I went out and bought myself a, a journal with the phrase, remember why you started on the front cover. I frequently look at that cover and actively remind myself that I've gotten started. That's half the battle. Don't give up. Um, that visual reminder during times of frustration is key. That's that's a big thing because, like I say, a lot of you know a lot of businesses fail just because of being you know feeling deflated. Also, when it comes to starting a business, I once read that the trick to starting a business was not to start one out of wanting to become successful. If success comes, great, but your focus shouldn't initially be on the success. Instead, the focus should really be on creating a solution to a problem. So for me, the problem I focused on was the high expense of ergonomic assessments, which are mostly performed by people affiliated with certain companies that want to sell products. So my solution was to offer a fair priced, easily accessible ergonomic assessment through a virtual platform. So that would be performed by an OT or OT students that could offer expertise and enthusiasm in ergonomics. So um so yeah it's about you know kind of finding that problem find creating a solution don't give up find a way to keep motivating motivating yourself and once once you actually get it started the, the biggest problem the biggest hardship is is maintaining yeah i don't think people realize how challenging it can be to start your own business so these are some really insightful tips for anyone who has hopes for starting their own business in the future um, Shanna, I'm curious, what is your favorite diagnosis um, or population to work with and what treatment method do you like most for this diagnosis? Yeah. So uh, since I've graduated, I've uh, specialized in hand therapy, which allows me the opportunity to work with many people, uh, many different types of diagnoses. Uh, while many of my coworkers are drawn to traumatic injuries and the excitement it brings to when working with different populations. I actually enjoy treating run-of-the-mill repetitive strain injuries, or RSIs, as they're known in the, in the text, in the research. They're also known, of course, as repetitive stress disorders, cumulative trauma disorders, or overuse syndromes. Examples include carpal tunnel syndrome, cubital tunnel syndrome, dequer veins, tenosynovitis, all your tendonitis conditions, your tendinosis conditions, your trigger fingers, et cetera. Those are the conditions that I actually, you know, I like to treat, the run-of-the-mill stuff. Um, I don't think I have a favorite particular RSI, uh, but I like the opportunity these conditions present to help the person modify their, their routines, their habits, the tools, et cetera, and essentially change their lives. You can make you know, a big difference with these types of people and these types of conditions. 
I like the fact that, you know, simple intervention can be the difference between complete debilitation and functioning successfully and in a pain-free manner. And if you think about treatment with these people, I would say my preferred treatment method would be to start with a focus on the interview, which allows me to take a step back and see the whole picture of what may be contributing to the person's reported symptoms. So really, you really need that. From, from there, I can hone in on some specific methods to directly treat the symptoms while also treating holistically. I often find with people, you know, with RSIs, I find myself giving advice that you wouldn't even expect to be giving as an OT, such as advice and proper sleep habits or nutrition and helping the person develop an overall plan that fits their lifestyle. You don't really, I don't necessarily think of, of doing those types of things when you're in hand therapy because hand therapy is so specific. But what I love about these conditions is it really gives you an opportunity to be holistic. And that's the type of treatment I think I prefer. That's really cool. I, you mentioned like your coworkers getting all excited. I'm definitely one of those people that are so excited about like TBI and all those treatments. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, for sure. But this like this experience in itself, working at Charge Therapy, has definitely given me a, a broader, um, you know, excitement about working with hand therapy and and ergonomic um, adaptations and stuff like that. And I really like how you said, you know, you really try to go holistically with all that. Um, because that's what OT is. We're a holistic area. You know, we do look at the whole person. Absolutely. So you have all of these students under you, right? So we're, we're, this is a student run company. Um, so what advice do you give, you know, a student that's about to be a new graduate and starting out in that OT field? That's, that's always a great question. You know, it's, it's funny. The, the best advice I, I, could give a newly graduated OT sounds a little cheesy, but it's so true. And that is keep an open mind. In addition, trust yourself, you know, more than you think, you know, um, you know, cause a lot of students kind of struggle with confidence and you really know more than you think, you know, uh, when we graduate from OT school, keeping an open mind is also important because most of us have a clear set path of what we think we want to do. And we tend to become narrowly focused on that path to a point where we develop tunnel vision, you know, but I would encourage new grads to get into a habit of saying yes to opportunities as they come along, even if you are initially unsure of them. Because after all, opportunities that bring you out of your comfort zone are the ones that you will grow from the most and you'll thank yourself for trying later. Also, as the old expression goes, I believe wholeheartedly in fake it until you make it. <laughs> I really do. When you first start, you will feel clueless. Believe me, that is a given. When I started my first job, I remember patients asking me numerous questions and I was thinking in my head, I have absolutely no idea. You're actually trusting me <laughs> right now? <laughs> and I remember thinking, I'm supposed to be a professional? <laughs> I had a supervisor who gave me the, the this advice, you know, fake it till you make it. And so I mimicked his professionalism that I saw him use with patients and completely acted like I knew what I was talking about. Actually, kind of, I kind of had to because it was a sink or swim situation. So I had to act like I knew. But, you know, when I truly didn't know the answer to something, I said things like, great question. I will look into that. You know, that that's always helpful. Um, another thing I tended to say was, you know, the research is divided on that, which 
knowing full well that I had no clue if research actually was divided on that. <laughs> but I could safely assume that there was evidence for both for and against a particular concept of any type. So it's actually not a bad response to someone. Um, <laughs> eventually, I developed a work personality, quote unquote, where I was professional and knowledgeable. And then gradually, I actually became knowledgeable. And so it's a weird point where that happens. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I think I know what I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, so definitely trust yourself. Fake it till you make it. Those things actually do work. Um, it's an interesting progression that occurs, but I, I think it, it works for just about anyone. I think that's a great philosophy to uh, to work by. I think I speak for myself and a lot of other students who have definitely been in that situation where we feel we should know more, but we're like, I, I don't know this. I'm not this professional. And sometimes you said that you kind of trust yourself and, and trust mm -hmm. your um, your gut. And, and if all else fails, you fake it till you make it. And uh, eventually yeah. it becomes the real thing. You got it. So true. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for joining us for our podcast today. Uh, we hope our listeners appreciate learning about the OT, our OT journeys and getting to hear about the firsthand process of building an OT business. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And you guys have been incredible students. If you want to learn more about Shanna or Charge Therapy, we can be found on our website, chargetherapy.com. Charge is spelled C-H-R-G, as well as our social media, Charge Therapy Students in Charge. We provide consultations in person as well as virtual. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.